Folks, I cannot tell you how much of a blessing it is for Katie and I to be able to do this podcast on a weekly basis. And I think that Katie and I feel like you folks, you listeners, are our accountability in a lot of ways and making sure that we are connected at the very least, at least once a week. Clearly, we want to be connected more than just once a week. But this podcast really serves as an opportunity for Katie and I to come together to think about our life to talk to each other about what the Lord's teaching us and to collaborate on how we can communicate that to you, our listeners. And so it's been a huge blessing to Katie and I, and we're really grateful that you all are on this journey with us and that you listen and that you encourage us, whether that's via Instagram messages or leaving ratings and reviews here on the podcast. Those mean so much to Katie and I. So thank you so much that you're really kind of helping us grow in the Lord in your own way. And so it's a fun thing that we have here. It's a fun relationship that I feel like we've established. So thank you and please enjoy today's episode. Hey, I'm Elisha Votberg. And I'm his wife, Katie. Katie and I both grew up in families that were fun, impactful, and relationship rich. Now that we're a family of our own with three young children under the age of three, we're eager to see what God can do through the family unit. We're so excited that you're joining us on this podcast as we dive into what the Bible says about marriage, children, parenting, money, sex, careers, roles, and so much more. Katie, are you ready? Let's go. Okay, so I wanted a small talk on this podcast episode. Elisha wanted to dive right in. And the reason why I want a small talk on it is because I made bagels. And I don't feel like my bagels fit into the rest of the episode if we don't small talk at the beginning. This is your one shot to talk about your bagels. I agree. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I feel like last time I brought up something else that I cooked in our last episode. But I can't remember what it was now. I will say something since you brought up cooking and food and the bagels. These were like homemade sourdough bagels, which I'm excited to try tomorrow, Katie. Um, But Katie has just been on the most positive rampage ever with cooking. Folks, the last, what would you say, two, or I'd say the last two weeks especially. Yeah, probably two weeks. You've been doubling down and getting creative with your recipes and becoming even more healthy in your ingredients And I am big time the beneficiary of this newfound zeal, would you say it is, for cooking or health? Yeah, well, I mean, that... That's why I wanted a small talk on this podcast. That worked out great. Oh, you, you wanted to you wanted to toot your own horn, man! You I walked what? right into that I one. Wanted you to? Yes, and I, I got you got what you wanted. Got what you wish no, for. No, it has been really fun though. I read this book. It's called Deep Nutrition, and I won't nerd out on it here, but it's been like super impactful. I think sometimes I was telling Elisha this when you're ignorant to certain things, like your mom told you it was bad for you. And so you know that like as an adult, but you're ignorant to why it's bad for you or what it's going to do. It's kind of like it's not enough to stop you in the moment from Hmm. eating something you shouldn't. Yeah. But I feel like knowledge has just given me like so much new clarity. Right. And Elisha. And so it's been really fun. Yeah. I'm really enjoying it because I enjoy cooking when I feel like it's actually benefiting our family. I guess when I felt like 
oh, well, we can eat out and it's kind of similar in nutrient value to when we eat at home anyways, I was less motivated to cook at home. And I feel like it's just made me feel like, oh, this is actually really important. Yes. And so that's made me more excited about it. Yeah. It's made eating at home and not going out as often far more rewarding. Yes. And just, it's, it's just more enjoyable. Yeah. Cause well, you feel like you're really winning. You feel like it's a big win. Yes. And like going out almost seems like, like a step down when you consider the ingredients yeah, or, or the lack of ingredients that you might want in your meal. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. That was my, I just wanted to get that off my chest. You're awesome. In so many more ways than your rampage of cooking. Okay. Well, folks, I'm going to be talking a lot about what the Lord's been teaching me. And I feel extremely blessed to have really had my eyes opened uh, over the last few days to the spiritual reality that we are living in. And I, I say reality, and that's literally what the Lord is showing me. He's showing me that things that I were calling real are actually not real. And the things that I was calling maybe a picture of what's real are actually the reality itself. And so I feel like this has really just given me a new zeal and a new grip on what's taking place in my home and what's taking place around the world and has incentivized me to a whole new level on digging into God's word, on praying, walking with the Lord, worshiping him. And I'm realizing more and more that this battle that we're in can be fought. And we are on the winning side already. We know how the story ends. We know what Christ's work means. And we know what God does when he comes back to claim his children and to, and to really put a cap on what he's already started and with the work he's already done. But in the meantime, I think the scripture is clear that we are fighting a spiritual battle. And it's so easy to say that. And I know that when I speak for myself, I've always associated spiritual warriors, if you will. You know, people would, you would talk about prayer warriors or people that were very spiritually minded. And I always associated those people with sometimes um, dramatic people, maybe even emotional people, not very rational. And I kind of looked down on it in my very pretentious, probably hypocritical um, self-righteous way. And I would think to myself, well, I use reason for my faith. I use reason to build my foundation on the Lord. And what's great about God's word is that he, there is reason. We have reason to believe in God and his word. And the theology that you can learn through God's word is so deep and rich and should really set us up on a firm foundation to thrive in our faith. But beyond that, there truly is a spiritual battle taking place on a daily basis. It's fluid. It's, it's always happening. It's all around us. And so because I think I've been, my, my eyes have been opened to this and I think Katie, Katie's kind of smirking because there was a book I've been reading yeah, I was that gonna say, kind of led to this awakening. <laughs> you know, I think you, you touched on, even when we were talking about the health thing, like when you know, it, like there's certain things that all of a sudden make you see a certain way and you can't ever go back to the way you were seeing things before. Mm. And that can be positive or negative. And I feel like this fictional book that you were reading that you'll talk about has opened your eyes. And even though I haven't read the book, what you've communicated to me has really opened my eyes to never really see spiritual warfare again the same way. Mm. Yeah, I think you couldn't have said it any better, Katie. Like you, like you said, piggybacking on what you talked about with nutrition, it's like you can't unsee now or you can't unlearn what you just learned about nutrition and about what certain ingredients do to your body. Yeah, you can't like forget it. 
You cannot forget it. Exactly. And it's not that this was really new information to you. You knew these general concepts and these general truths. But because they were presented to you in a more poignant way, you were able to see them in a specific context that really made them stick with you. And I think that that's what this book series has kind of done for me in regards to spiritual warfare. Yeah, um, something that really stuck out to me. Again, I haven't read this series, but Elisha sent me this text, and I thought it was so powerful. And he was kind of paraphrasing some of the characters talking back and forth. It was David, and I don't think he was a king at this time. Was he a king? He's not a king He's yet. not a king, but he's a leader and one of his men. And this is the text Elisha sent, and this is David talking. Before I go into war, I always ask for the Lord's covering. And his man says, shouldn't we ask for the Lord's covering even on the days when we are not at war? And David says, every day is a day of war. And I just thought, wow, like I just have reread that and thought that and thought that over and over and over. Every day is a day of war. Like how true is that? Like how would we treat our day differently if we are waking up? and physically going out to fight a battle where we're about to die. How would we, we would surely get in the word Mm. and read the Bible and we would treat our spouse differently. We treat our kids differently. And I think for whatever reason here in our culture, we're so comfortable. At least I can speak for myself. I'm so comfortable with spiritual warfare kind of being this thing it's really hard to comprehend and when Elisha kind of brought it down to earth for me in that text with old-fashioned warfare even where it's very because I think even now I think of like warfare and it's chemical and it's uh, digital and like there's so many different things going on I've never been to a battlefield okay I know it's still gnarly but I'm picturing like, okay, swords and knives and spears and like all the old fashioned hand to hand combat stuff. And that's all they're doing. And I'm like, wow, if I was going into that environment, I would prepare so much differently for my day. And so this last week has just been so, I guess, powerful for me. And that like I get up and I like pray with the kids at breakfast for the battle for the day and that we would be prepared and that the Lord would guard my children's hearts and he would give me wisdom as I'm on the forefront of this and I pray for my husband for Elisha as he's at work it's like a trigger for me to pray for Elisha as the head of our family like he has is in the front uh I don't know the front lines or whatever (laughs) for our family and I'm like totally going off on a tangent but just that one text I guess was so it painted such an awesome picture to me that I can recall in my day to day when I kind of just think, oh, I'm I'm doing the dishes and preparing food and like, yeah, my husband's going to work and just the battle is the last thing from my mind. Hmm. And I think that when we've talked about the battle, Katie, you and I, we've used the term spiritual attack or spiritual warfare, but it usually is in the context of like an instance, Mm -hmm. like, oh, in this instance, we were being spiritually attacked because we had a fight or because we let sin come into our home. But in reality, the spiritual war is always, it's always going. Well, just like at the beginning of this podcast, I was like, what are we going to name this podcast? And Elisha's like, we should name it, We Are Being Spiritually Attacked. And I was like, what's happening? And he was like, Katie, that's the point. It's always happening. And it's not just us being spiritually attacked. It's every single person listening to this podcast 
constantly. Whether we're in the battle or not, the enemy's in the battle every single day. Mm. Yeah, and whether there's an active attack happening, there's still a war uh, that is being waged against believers. And wars have ebbs and flows. And so there might not be an active attack or an active assault happening. But but you know the devil's scheming, and he's strategizing, and he's preparing for the battle or for the attack that he's going to make. And I thought that was pretty, Katie, I'm glad you brought that up, because that was pretty, I think, indicative of how I've thought about spiritual warfare is you were trying to think of an instance over our past week that would have made me think that we were being spiritually attacked. Mm-hmm. You were thinking, okay, did we have a big blow up or did something really big happen? Or did I just feel like heaviness or like, you know, there's like a feeling yeah, sometimes. Yeah, that would of, indicate yeah. that we're in a spiritual battle. And I've really come to think of it, like you, like you already said so well, that this is something that happens every single day. Every day is the battle as David said in the book. And if that's the case, you know, when you think of going to battle, you wouldn't forget to put on put on your armor. You wouldn't head out to the battlefield yeah. without your arm, without your shield, without your helmet, without your weapons. You wouldn't just like saunter down there looking at your iPhone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and yet I go in, in I've have anyways up until this week gone into so many days of my life. Yeah, just kind of staring at the iPhone, being flippant, being thoughtless with my thoughts. And thinking that the armor of God is like this optional thing that you pull out when times get really tough. You know, you think to yourself, oh, when I when I go through Ephesians, you know, next month, then I'll consider the armor of God again. But the armor of God is there for us to put on every single day because every single day is the battle. And so as I've been thinking about this concept of really engaging in the battle and being prepared for the battle on a daily basis, it's made me start to realize, I guess, some different um I think errors in my thinking regarding this. And one thing is, is that I think I've only viewed the battle as us being in the place of defense. And and I think that the reason I've thought this is because there are many Bible verses that speak to this because we are to play defense when it comes to the spiritual battle. James 4, 7 says, submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Those are all very defensive words resist the devil and he will flee from you so you're not really making an advance by any means in this you're not gaining ground but you're exhorted to resist the devil which is right here in the bible we need to do that first peter 5 8 says be sober be vigilant because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour so once again my response to this verse is man i've got to be on the lookout here for an attack. Get out the telescope, preferably, so you could see him a long, a long ways away. <laughs> and you're definitely on the defensive. And so when I would think of spirit, or when it, words that would come to my brain when I would think of spiritual warfare would be words like protect, defend, pursue, or no, sorry, persevere, resist, flee. Those were the words that came to my mind, and, and those are a, so essential for the spiritual battle, especially as the, the head of my home. I need to protect. I need to defend. I need to persevere in this battle. I need to resist the devil. I need to flee sin and temptation as we're so exhorted to do. But that's only half the battle. Now, why that's a huge part of the battle and that you can be, I mean, how useful are you if you're not able to play any defense? You know, you aren't useful at all. You will be overcome and the the thought of offense isn't, you're not going to have time to consider it. Defense wins games. That's what my coach always told us, but I had a really hard time believing that. Yeah, I think there's a popular <laughs> saying that goes, offense wins games, but defense wins championships. 
Did she say that? Or did she just say defense wins games? <laughs> I don't think she was as good a coach as you are. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> well, I've never 100% agreed with the phrase that offense wins games, but defense wins championships. Because you need both. Yes. You need both for to win games or to win championships. She probably said that. Poor coach. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm detracting. Like you said, with the offense and the defense... They go together. They do go together. And that defense is an integral and 100% necessary aspect of the battle. And it's, I mean, it, it goes without saying, as so much of the armor of God are defensive pieces. The helmet, yeah, the shield, right. I mean, the, the shoes, the breastplate. These are all defensive pieces. So I think that's so important. I can remember when I was in sixth grade, I was on the Centralia. I grew up in this town that we're living in called Centralia. And it's a small town. In Washington State, and I was on the select basketball team. And so, all the kids that played in Centralia, we formed our select team that was going to be like our traveling team the cool and, kids. and the tournament team. And we were the hot stuff in our small little town, and even in our our county, Lewis County, we were a good team. But I remember one night, and we'd probably played like ten or twelve games at this point, and had won all of our games. We were undefeated, and we had won most of our games pretty handily. But a team came down from Seattle to play us. And I was blown away that night with the difference. I mean, this is, it's just such a classic illustration, I feel like, of small town sports versus like, or you're like small town club sports versus like the city club sports where they've got totally. such a bigger pool of talent <laughs> to draw from. But there's these sixth grade kids that, I mean, they looked like they were like 28 years old and they were so much taller, so much bigger, so much stronger than us. And offense, defense, strategy, it's like we didn't even have time to consider strategy that everything was happening too fast for us. All we could do was just be on our heels doing our best to stop them. We could, it's like we could try to get in their way from doing what they wanted to do as a team, but there was no way we were going to be able to do what we wanted to do as a team. You know, mm -hmm. like if we, if we were able to come out and save face in any way, it's because we kind of slowed them down and romping us. But I feel like that's a lot of times how we consider the spiritual warfare. And we think we're doing a pretty good job if we're kind of slowing down the enemy and we're resisting the devil. And again, I'm not taking away of the importance of these verses, but I want to move. I do want to move beyond that. I don't want to be content just kind of slowing the devil down or, you know, kind of tripping him up here and there and not letting him just run all over us. I want to move on to the offensive. And I want to be able to have this mindset of, no, you know what? We can win souls for the kingdom. We can take ground for the Lord's army. And I don't want to be running from, from the fight. Yeah, well, like on the flip side, you want to be the other team. You want to be the team yeah. that's just tromping and the devil's running scared because he knows that not only do you have the power of Christ that's resting upon you, mm. but you are believing that and right. walking it out. That's right. I love this quote. Um, this is, this is so you guys can make fun of me if you want, but I'm just going to go for it. There's the book, the art of war by Sun Tzu. This, I know it's like a total hipster millennial thing to quote from, but I'm going to do it anyways. Cause this quote is very applicable to what we're talking about today. And Sun Tzu says, invincibility lies in the defense, but the possibility of victory is in the attack. Wait, say it again. Invincibility lies in the defense. The possibility of victory in the attack. Gotcha. And I feel like so often I approach the spiritual battle just trying to be invincible, just trying to survive, just trying to sustain my faith until the end. 
not thinking about the lives that I can impact, not thinking about a victory that we can win on a daily basis for God's kingdom, for lives that can be touched, for the gospel being furthered. And not even, not even, that's like the wrong word, but you're mentioning the gospel being furthered. I think that could also apply just to our lives as Christians, Hmm. being a victorious, vibrant, joyful Christian who's walking in that victory and not running scared, Hmm. not feeling like they're outmatched. Yes. And even like our children see that. Our children see who we are individually as believers outside of even our evangelism Hmm. or things like that. Yes, but in our conduct, walking victoriously in our personal lives. I mean, that's a big deal. Mm -hmm. That's such a big deal. And I think, you know, Katie and I have talked about that numerous times, how we don't want to live in this... um, we don't want to live not the way that God has freed us to live. I mean, I do think that God has made us freed from sin, freed from sin. He's made us victorious over sin, over death. And I want to live that way. I want to walk in his power and in his might. And I think that we can do that by being proactive and claiming his truths and walking in them on a daily basis. Katie, I think you're so right. That's a very personal thing too. You know, even before really you look to the outreach and lend lives being saved, a lot of times for the kingdom. So I'm going to go ahead and read through Ephesians 6, 11 through 8. We're talking about it, but I think this is something that I want to consider every day. And this is the you know, this is the armor of God section of the Bible. So Ephesians 6, 11, 11 through 18. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. I really love reading this passage, being in this mindset of a daily fight that we get to engage in. And I say get because we get to engage in this battle from the winning side. There is no fear. There's no trepidation on who wins in the end on this one. Not only has Christ conquered sin on the cross, and he's delivered us, us believers, those that are in Christ Jesus are a new creation. The old man's passed away. Behold, all things have become new. We are victorious in Christ. And yet there's this, this time in history right now where Satan still has power. He is still able to seek, you know, go around like a, like a lion, seeking, seeing who he can devour. But this time is going to come to an end too, where Satan has any power. Because God has granted that power to Satan for this short time in history, but it derived from God in the first place. And he's going to take that back from Satan, and he's going to deliver unto, uh, unto himself the bride of Christ. And I want to do all that we can do as his children to fight for his name, for his glory, to grow the bride of Christ, to grow his church. Whether that's in numbers or whether that's in faithfulness and fruitfulness. I just want to see it grow and I want to see it be victorious. Well, you know what stood out to me? I'm sure this isn't a novel concept because lots of people have done, uh, I feel like lots of pastors and stuff have preached on, obviously, the 
armor of God. Yeah. But as you were reading through that, I was like, the one article that's really offensive is God's word. Yeah, that's right. That's the one weapon that we that's, that you would attack with. That's, that's the made weapon for we have. Offense. And I think of how quickly I'm like, yeah, I need to be peaceful. I have maybe the helmet of salvation. Like mm. God has saved me. Um, and you're, I breastplate of righteousness. It's his I righteousness. righteousness. Yes. I claim Christ's righteousness. I know that not just claim it in a way like name it, claim it, but in the fact that he has given it to me. And mm-hmm. I do honestly believe that, that I'm righteous because of him, but how quickly I drop the sword and I get up, I have everything else on, and I'm, again, walking into battle without a weapon. Mm. And what is cool is that we do have the Word of God hidden in our hearts mm. when we've chosen to do that. Mm-hmm. But I think of how often it's rusty and dusty and just a lame weapon mm. as far as, like, I haven't taken care of it. I mm. haven't. Um, I'm not ready. I'm not ready to do anything offensive. Wow. And... That just stuck out to me. And then something else was when you were talking about the fact that we're on the winning side, thinking back to all those Bible stories that I think some, for whatever reason, sometimes I've lumped into stories like Disney Hmm. movies, I think because they're so fantastical. Mm -hmm. And, but you think of it, the walls of Jericho dropped, Mm. you know, these little Israelites took over these gigantic Canaanites. Yeah. All the Philistines. There's so many stories in the Bible where... Yeah, the, you, the you numbers, saying, yeah. Yeah, it was like just, two to 200. Yeah, it doesn't add like, up. Like, yeah. what on earth? I think in the Bible, we just kind of go, oh, yeah, way to go, like two to 200. Like, picture you and your husband standing in a field with 200 guys with swords and spears. And, like, who do you think's going to win that battle? I wouldn't bet on Elisha and I. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the cool thing is that the supernatural is po- is possible mm-hmm. with with God and he's the one who's on our side and I don't think I honestly take that into my day to day very often. Mm. And I think so that's so good Katie. You know, you talk about the physical battle that we read about, we hear about whether it's historically or here here in the modern day. And I always used to think that the spiritual battle was kind of this I used to think of it reversed, like the physical battles, the real battle, and the Bible just kind of uses real battle to explain how the spiritual realm works. And I think that that's totally backwards. I think the real battle is the spiritual battle, and that shows itself forth in this world with physical battle. But that original battle and the battle that's going to rage, you know, until God finally puts an end to it is the spiritual battle. And that's Mm -hmm. the one that we are a part of on a daily basis. Hmm. Yeah, and I think sometimes that's sobering for sure. And I think sometimes we could be surprised when we fall or when our husbands fall or when our children aren't walking with the Lord. And it's like, when you think of it, when you picture those odds in like in a physical sense, like if we could see all the angels and all the demons and all the principalities mm. and actually see with our eyes what is going on, mm. it's not that big of a surprise when you see that the road is so narrow yep. that leads to heaven because it's like how many of us are actually treating this like a battle? Right. I know I haven't been. Mm-hmm. If I could see everything that going that was going on, I'd be like, 
oh my word. Yes. I am so unprepared. Where's my rock? Like I need to hide underneath it. Yeah. And I think that I've been so guilty of being passive too, as you know, as the leader of our home. And I feel like I need to be the protector and the one that's training my, my army here, you know, my wife, my children, I want to train up an army for the Lord. And it's funny because, you know, just using another example that I just kind of thought of recently, I shared this with you, Katie, as, as a husband or as a father, if I were to see Leon, my two and a half year old son being attacked by the neighbor's dog and the dog's ripping into him and biting at his neck and dragging him around, I would not stand by passively waiting for the neighbor to hopefully come out and take care of his dog. Or thinking like, my wife has her, you know, she took a shooting class. She could do this better with the gun. Yeah, you wouldn't do anything and you would engage immediately. You wouldn't think as to whether or not your qualifications qualify you to engage in protecting your son from the dog mm-hmm. and in attacking the dog. You would respond out of protection for your for your son. And similarly, if you or Kate or if you and, and Lucy were being attacked by men, I wouldn't think to myself, well, I'm not really trained in, in, you know, in dealing with uh, fending off, fighting off men for, for my for my daughter and my wife. I'll call the police and wait for them to get here and they'll handle the situation. You know, they'll de-escalate the situation. I wouldn't <laughs> think that. I wouldn't care about my qualifications or about what I feel prepared or not prepared to do. And I'm, I'm not taking away from preparedness or from qualifications. Those are all good things. But the, whether or not you feel prepared, the battle's raging. And whether you feel like you should engage in the battle... The devil's engaging against you, and Satan is engaging against you. And I think that's a thought that I want to have at the forefront of my mind. Mm-hmm. And it's not, you know, something that I think I can really use as practical tools for fighting this war. And I want to, I want to keep it simple because I, I like, I'm a simple guy. But I think prayer, God's word, and worshiping God. You know, worshiping, worshiping Him through song, and and praying to God out loud. I love that Oswald Chamber says, prayer is not preparation for the battle. Prayer is the battle. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is something that we cannot overemphasize, is that prayer is engaging in the spiritual battle. And I think that praise and worship is engaging in the spiritual battle. And you've already said, Katie, God's word is our sword. That's the sword. That's the weapon that we get to use to go out into this culture, to go out into the world, to take in our homes, to have in our homes. Yeah, and to fight. I, I was thinking just like in defense of our home, like I'm not as a stay at home mom, I'm not out in the world every day. Mm. I'm not going out and, you know, talking to a ton of people or whatever. I'm literally in my home, but I'm in a battle in my home. There's mm-hmm. a war going on in my home for my children's hearts and for my mind. And that battle's coming in through YouTube and through social media profiles and through my own thoughts and what I choose to listen to and see and talk about and how I choose to parent. And I guess I just really, really never want to lose sight of the clarity I have right now and the mental picture I have right now of the battle being fought in our in our home in it a is. very, very right. real way. Yep. It's very real. And I don't want to fight this battle with an unhealthy fear. I want there to be a healthy fear and I want there to be a sobriety to it. But I never want to forget that we're on the winning side. Well, and the Bible says, oh man, Elisha, that verse that says, for 
God has not given us a spirit of fear, a fear, fear yeah. but of power and of love and of, and of a sound mind. Yes, that's right. Amen. And we're supposed to be fearful of God, not fearful of anything else. Hmm. Like I think of that we aren't supposed to be fearful. Hmm. I think what we need to be scared of is us not engaging, hmm. not actively engaging in the battle. That's what we've got to be scared because that's when our, you know, our kids could be taken away from us mm-hmm. spiritually, or we can lose, we can become lukewarm and just fall out of the battle. That's right. Or we can be taken captive by the other side because yep. we just aren't actively engaging. That's when our marriages collapse. That's when our relationship with God, our commander falls apart and we stop listening to him mm-hmm. and heeding his commands. Yep. But that fear really should only be one-sided. Yes. And we should be fearing being on the wrong side. Yeah. That has, kind of. Yeah. And fearing, we really need to fear God. Yes. That's I agree. like the only, I think, healthy fear when it comes to spiritual fear. Like yeah. Fearing spiritual things. Yes. God has all the power. <laughs> yeah, exactly. God has all God the power. God has all the power. So God gets all the praise. Nice, Katie. He has won the battle. His banner we will raise when the darkness seems to what that's good no no. (laughs) i'll explain folks that's a song for my children's album i'll explain my wife's a wind-up toy (laughs) no she's not no she's not (laughs) folks well thank you for letting us share what the lord's been teaching us and what's on our heart and we pray that the lord gives you a vision and a heart and eyes to see the dangers that may be encroaching around you and your home and your families. But I also pray that you'd have confidence and steadfast faith in the power of God, Mm -hmm. but that you would go to that power. You'd go to the source of power and you'd walk in that power and you'd believe in the power. And I just want you to believe that we've already won. We are victorious in Christ, but that victory it's in Christ. So be in Christ, walk with him, abide, talk with him, know your Lord and savior, be in prayer, be in his word, praise and worship our lord and savior for he is good and i love i'm gonna again don't make fun of me i'm gonna use I one more quote you say that i feel like your quotes are good and Thanks. i never know what you're talking about anyways like Great. so one more quote just references i am so not cool enough for no one more quote from the art of war and the quote goes victorious warriors win first then go to war while defeated warriors go to war first then seek to win and I think of that. And I okay, think, wait, boy, say it again. Say it again for all of us who this isn't just old hat to. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Victorious warriors win first, then go to war, while defeated warriors go to war first, then seek to win. Oh, man, Elisha, this is so convicting. I think of that like when I'm laying in my bed and thinking like 10 minutes more of sleep is going to do me more good than getting up and praying or Mm. getting in god's word Mm. i'm expecting to what does it say not be prepared and then go into battle and yeah go to battle first and then seek to win yeah just get right up go to battle and then i'm like okay how am i gonna win this thing right like too late bubba (laughs) (laughs) well what's cool is that we have been given all things that pertain to life and godliness and god has has equipped us and i do think we need to be seeking that equipment you know we, we talk about the armor of god which we all have access to but I think that we need to be vigilant in putting it on in Christ, putting on, you know, putting whatever that means to put on Christ, but to really put our mind, set our mind on things above and to walk in that reality that we have here in Christ, uh, you know, here, here on earth with, by being blood bought sons and daughters of Jesus Christ and being a part of the Lord's army. 
And I'm just so grateful to be a part of the Lord's army with you guys. Mm. We are a force mm -hmm. that the Lord is choosing to use here on earth. Mm -hmm. And I just think that is so powerful and inspiring. And ultimately, Elisha and I, we want to first ground ourselves and mm. first remind ourselves of these truths mm -hmm. and remind each other. And we also just want to encourage you guys and hope that you guys are encouraging your families and the people that you know and just building up the church as mm -hmm. a whole instead of I cannot tell you how many I I can I can tell you right now <laughs> how many bible stories there are where the people actually turn on each other and mm. just kill each other all off because they're the same army just starts fighting against each other right that happens so often in yep. the Bible. And it's kind of like you look at it and you're like, that is so dumb. That's right. A house like, divided cannot are stand. Are you kidding me? But literally, I just don't want to be a part of that in the church. Mm -mm. And I just want to, we are a united force. Mm -hmm. We have God as our commander and he's doing great things here on earth. I agree. Folks, thank you so much for listening. We love your prayers and support. And we're so grateful to have you all in our life. And we look forward to talking to you next week. Bye-bye.